Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays. Coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Aaron, welcome back, man. Happy Holidays, and uh, how have you survived? Yeah, no, absolutely. Doing doing really good and, and glad to be back. Um, you know, as as many people have probably forgotten what I sound like by now, but but hopefully this will be the start of a new streak and hopefully a streak for the better. Um, hopefully uh, we'll be able to make much money, many more of these shows going forward in, in 2017. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of how we sound, I think we both sound a little bit terrible. Uh, it's, it's right after the holidays. <laughs> I've got a little bit I've got of, a cough. You've got a cold. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll apologize for that uh, for that audience. Uh, for the robustness or, or lack of robustness of our voice today, but uh, so we're we're doing um, it, it's uh, what is it December twenty sixth or seventh twenty seventh I guess uh, we're going to do two shows here to end the year um, and uh, we're going to do our normal end of year uh, prediction show and wrap up show we'll probably do that one tomorrow uh, today we thought we would do you know we, we were thinking I was thinking back. Because we're coming up on our seventh year. Next year will be our seventh year of doing the show, I think. Is it really? Yeah. Holy I think shit. We started in 2011. So next year will be our, our seventh year. Uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, that'll be seventh year. And, uh, you know, I was thinking back on it. You know, when we got started, it was, uh, for anybody who really remembers back then, it was the, the two guys in a wire show when we first started. And it was all about kind of like converged infrastructure and private cloud and, and all that stuff. And uh, we've never, ever really done a, a show completely about about the public cloud. It's always had some weird variation of, of other stuff in it. And so I thought we would sort of do a, a state of the public cloud because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very real thing these days. So I thought we would do an entire show, sort of, you know, what is the state of the public cloud across uh, a whole bunch of different stuff. So hopefully folks enjoy this one. Yep, absolutely. So let's kind of dig right into it. Um, so this is, a, like you said, end of, of 2016. Um, what is kind of in your eyes the the general state of of public cloud? You know, not just yeah, infrastructure as a service kind of public clouds, but all public clouds in general. Um, and, and kind of, I have a bunch of thoughts here, but but you go ahead and you go first. Yeah, and, and I think <clears throat> I think sometimes those of us who who came from a from a more infrastructure side of the world uh, tend to make it very infrastructure centric. Um, so I think there's a couple of big trend. Uh, obviously, we're seeing uh, uh you know. Maybe three, maybe a few more, but really sort of three mega clouds have emerged. Uh, Google, uh, Amazon, and AWS, obviously, not necessarily in that order. Um, we've seen uh, a lot of the SaaS providers, um, you know, the, the Salesforce's, the Workday, you know, Oracle fits in that space, um, are really take, you know, Microsoft 365 or Office 365, you know, kind of the business productivity stuff has, has moved to SaaS. Um, and, and we're seeing a lot of kind of the emerging technologies that, that, you know, need scalability, need globalization, whether those are machine learning or IOT are really just sort of in their infancy, but, but you can sort of see where they're, where they're emerging and, and how people are going to use them for their business. So, uh, I think, uh, number one, it's a, it's a huge reality, uh, maybe much more so than it was in, you know, 11, 10 and 11 when we got started. And, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're starting to see where the big, um, you know, sort of strategic investments that people have made are, are starting to, to pay off. 
Yeah, and and so I, I think I've used this example on the show uh, a couple times before, but I haven't used it recently, so I'm going to use it again for the new listeners. <laughs> so um, for those that don't know, I, I um, my last uh, job here was a startup, and the startup was acquired by a larger company. But when we were still a startup, um, it was interesting to see, uh, like going back to the origins of the show, when we started the show, that this never probably would have been a consideration. But then three, four years into this show, um, the company I worked for didn't run a single internal server. Uh, yeah. Everything was public cloud. Um, everything was uh, SaaS based, you know, all of our HR, all of our office utilities, everything that you could possibly have was SaaS based because we just basically pulled out, a, we were a startup, we pulled out a credit card and that's how we got going. And now looking back, I can't imagine any company not doing that um, to get started. And what's interesting there too is, is if you abstract that even one level up, you get this concept of public cloud is another tool in the toolbox. I think you had mentioned it actually, when you did the serverless podcast with, um, Chris Wall and those guys, you, you, you kind of positioned serverless as another tool in the toolbox, just like containers, just like VMs. And, and I would actually say public cloud in general is another uh, tool in the toolbox. You know, it used to be just on-prem physical servers, and then we got into virtual machines. But then we really kind of reached this point where, um, you know, IT and, and ops, if I use that that term in parentheses, uh, they're kind of uh, forked, right? And you no longer have just one general path. You now have all these different paths. And when we started this show... Ops was, are you a compute guy? Are you a networking person? Are you a storage person? Right, right. And and you could maybe be, you could be really good at one. Maybe you were good at two. Very few people on the planet were good at all three. Well, now you have five to ten disciplines and operations where folks can study a specific area. It relates, you know, public cloud in this sense. You could study that. You could take AWS at just the, you know, massive amounts of AWS services, become an expert in just AWS public cloud. And, you know, it, I wouldn't be surprised if if we don't start to see this more and more going forward of, you know, the IT folks or the ops folks really starting to actually specialize more and more. And that AWS specialist isn't just, say, a developer on staff who, who you know, got some things spun up very quickly because as things get more complex and just, you know, you look at the AWS conference this year, the massive number of people that were there and the massive number of services and even folks at AWS can't even necessarily uh, keep up with all the services they offer anymore. So I definitely see that as a huge trend um, going forward and, and something that kind of, I admit, you know, kind of snuck up on me over the years and but it was just a natural evolution if you will of operations right right yeah and we, we've got a few things uh, there was an interesting article um i think it was sort of a statement we'll, we'll get toward towards the end of the show but um you know another thing we should sort of look at um now that we are you know if, if we sort of benchmark everything against against aws from a timeline perspective just if we're sort of talking about the public cloud you know aws now being 10 years old let's say salesforce for example being like 15 years old um, you know, every everything in, in in IT and technology tends to sort of 
have this this yin and yang to it, right? So for the most part, if you if you boil it down, it's sort of like it becomes centralized, then it eventually sort of decentralizes and gets distributed, and then eventually it comes back to being centralized. And and it gets into these, you know, sometimes it's use cases and, and where users are, and then sometimes it's how manageable is it to deal with. Um, it was interesting here at the end of the year, there was there was some some major VCs who were starting to say, hey, uh, you know, we think the trend is is becoming more decentralized, and you know, because of IOT and, you know, cars. And stuff. So maybe we'll get to that towards the end of the show, but uh, it's another big trend for us to, to sort of start to keep an eye on. It's probably a longer term type of thing. Yeah, completely, completely. So, so let's, let's break down a few of these, these public clouds. Cause I think we, we sort of acknowledge that, um, you know, there, there are becoming uh, a couple of really big players. Like there always is an IT, uh, you know, back in the day, it was, it was the four horsemen of, like EMC, Cisco, uh, Intel, and Sun, and Oracle, you know, um, we're, we're starting to see the big players sort of emerge from a public cloud perspective. I think, you know, you could say it's, um, you know, it's, it's Amazon, Azure, Google, Salesforce, uh, you know, just in terms of people that, that either have, uh, you know, massive footprint or, uh, you know, massive, you know, starting to, to see larger revenues. Um, so let's start with AWS. You were you were at AWS reInvent. We didn't really have a chance to talk a whole lot about your your perspectives on that. Where do you see AWS in the world today? What's its its role in, in sort of global IT? Well, so the the number one thing is you know they're the top. Anybody who considers public cloud, they're at the top of the list. Yeah, um, you know they are <laughs> the number one top of mind. Uh, public cloud vendor out there. So everyone's considering them. And and the perception very much is low friction, super easy to get started. Uh, but then, you know, the number one thing I'm starting to hear, though, is expensive at scale. Um, and I, you know, I, I completely admit this stat could be 1000% incorrect, but I thought it was pretty fascinating. So anybody who was at the show, um, they, they introduced the snowmobile, which is a big, huge truck they brought on stage and you could put a bunch of data in it and they, you know, hook it up to your data center, put a bunch of data in it and go pump it into AWS. Right. And I forget how many petabytes the darn thing is, but but somebody put up the stat there of yeah, of course they're going to do something like that because you know getting that getting that much data there would take forever, and oh by the way, it would cost like seventy five thousand dollars a month if you were to ever actually move that maximum amount of capacity into their cloud. Right. Um. So of course that you know those trucks would pay for themselves very quickly at that at that rate. Um. But but what's interesting there is just again. It's all about the services. They have moved up level and they've moved up level a lot faster than anyone else. And I think they've done a great job of really positioning themselves longer term to even protect themselves from the other public cloud folks. When you see things like Lambda and you see like especially the green grass and the IoT and you're starting to see this, they're they're really starting to focus on this idea of uh, an IoT front end with a, a serverless Lambda based back end. Um, I mean, a lot lot of the announcements were around that and of course there's a lot of other things going on as well but but you know they're all about how much data can i get as quickly as possible because you know to go back to friend of the show uh, dave mccurry that you know the data gravity concept there it's a data grab 
at this point. Yeah. And they're they're trying to get as much data in as quickly as possible. And if, you know, if the the pipe isn't big enough, fine, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll ship a truck to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh, <clears throat> it was interesting. You know, when I was watching I was watching their keynote, you know, and I having having done some keynotes for various people in, in the past, I, I kind of take a an interest in that stuff. I, I, I was joking to somebody. I said, you know, uh, watching Andy Jassy, you know, kind of give the keynote with, with all the, the layers of the services and all this sort of stuff. I said, it's, it's basically, you know, he's giving the, the EMC Federation talk, except they have one, one Salesforce instead of four. Uh, and it, it is, it's kind of like they've become a one-stop shop for things. Um, we, we talked to a guy named Joe Kinsella from, from cloud health last week. And, and he was talking about the show and he said, you know, the thing that was really interesting was, it was sort of this big increase in the number of of sort of suits, you know, customers wearing suits, which was, at least in his opinion, um, you know, uh, kind of a lot of, of of business people now going, I, I better go figure out what's what's there, and I got to be kicking the tires, and I got to be, uh, you know, kind of seeing what projects you get started, which which sort of tells me, hey. Even though people are enamored with you know them doing ten or eleven billion dollars or whatever uh, they're at sort of run rate they're at, um, you know it is it is the beginning of of sort of this this next trend right it's you know public cloud has been around for you know ten plus years now but or however many years but but the trend of spending in the public cloud I think is just starting to begin you know we're starting to see the real kind of enterprise uptick in that um, so I think that's a big deal I, you know the other thing. As people and always, let me add, the, let me yeah, add something to that real quick, though. Too, um, so, so another, so I have been to every reinvent so far, yep. um, and it, it's interesting too to watch that show go from four thousand folks to you know thirty two thousand folks um, in just you know four or five years. And what's also interesting is the focus of it. You know, the, again, going back to the focus of the keynotes was, well, you know, in the early days was super startup, super, you know, enterprises doing it wrong, right. super all of that. Now they've gone to a much, I, I'd say, softer message at times. Um, on that, they, they acknowledge the enterprise and the challenges and they acknowledge that, um, the, the biggest thing they're fighting is status quo. But then also to give you a, for instance, I mean, it wasn't on the agenda, um, was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say low key, but, but, um, there was actually an executive summit there, if you will, where it was like sea levels and up kind of thing. And it was on the very top floor of the Venetian and super guarded, needed a special pass to get in, you know. You know, they had an entire executive track that lasted the entire week. Yeah. Um, so not just, you know, hoodies anymore uh, at the show by any means. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's, uh, you know, like something like that is in essence one of the Gartner conferences except at AWS, right? It's, hey, we, we bring a bunch of the executives in. We let the executives hobnob with each other and network with each other, uh, which is, you know, sort of what one of the Gartner conferences typically does. Um, and then, you know, you had an interesting statement from from Adrian Cockroft uh, during one of the keynotes where, um, you know, <laughs> part of the keynote is always, hey, what's new? And then part of the keynote is, hey, who are they going to kill off this year? Right. And, and the best way to and, and unfortunately, the best way to, you know, so here's here's our uh, Cloudcast advice to anybody. Um, if you want to ensure that you're not going to get killed off, don't be a diamond or platinum sponsor because th- those people are always getting killed off. Like it's, it's unfortunate. But if you go back through the years, like they've killed off lots of those because in essence, it's places that are making money. If you're making enough money to become a diamond or platinum sponsor. But it was interesting. Adrian made this this statement because somebody was like, oh, hey, look, uh, AWS just killed off another partner because they introduced some 
you know, basically IT ops function as a AWS service. And Adrian made this interesting comment. He said, you know, maybe you should stop going to start up a company and going to VCs for funding. You should just come to AWS and build that service instead and, and avoid having to do marketing and having to, you know, go through the startup thing. Um, so it is interesting that there, you know, if you think about the ecosystem that, that existed around, you know, sort of what is a, you know, what does Andy Jassy call it? Like old guard IT, um, you know, where IT, where CIOs, uh, used to go was its own, uh, independent thing. Now it's that sort of start to, to, to get sucked into reinvent, you know, the whole VC ecosystem, AWS is starting to hint around like, Hey, don't, don't go build that next monitoring tool startup or, you know, whatever startup, just come work at AWS and be your own team and do their own thing. And, um, it does become an interesting, you know, you, you think about, uh, people who, who have a background in things like the Porter five forces. And you think about supply chain of technology, um, you know, it, they're following the AWS model of go take, take in all of the aspects of it and, um, and make it a one-stop shop. <clears throat> the, the one thing that I think is, is interesting yeah. though, um, is, you know, 10 years in, everybody is still sort of enamored with, with the features and the new things that, that AWS comes out with, um, but they are starting to run into the challenge that that every large company technology company runs into, which is like you have so many features and you have so much that you have to offer that it does become much more difficult to to try and cohesively explain that to people, you know, because you do have so many different buyers, right? This is no longer, like you said, just startup developers and and a few different services. I mean, you're talking about uh, you know dozens and dozens of services across a bunch of buying centers, you know, whether it's infrastructure, you know, data and compliance and security, or whether it's, you know, machine learning and your data scientists. And, um, you know, that, that becomes difficult. Um, you know, maybe not so much to develop because AWS does a really good job of, of kind of isolating these services and then making them reachable via an API. But, but it will be interesting to see as they go really into the enterprise, like who, who's in the meeting that you have, how do you focus what the value of that is? It's, it is no longer about just replace your data center and, and it's cheaper. It's, it's gotta be more focused around different areas that people care about. Yep. Yep. Where, how do you feel about, uh, kind of moving on here? How do you feel about uh, Azure these days? What's your thoughts on Azure? Um, so I think the, 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 the Azure thing, um, and I'm never sure if it's Azure or Azure. Uh, I think I always, yeah, that's true. I, I think I always say Azure. <laughs> um, I think you, you kind of can't separate the, the Azure thing from kind of the, the new trend with Microsoft, right? So I, I think if you, if you would, if you had said, Hey, I don't know, five years ago when we were starting or three or four years ago, like, Hey, Microsoft's going to have a cloud. You would have, you kind of would have inherently said back in the Steve Ballmer days, okay, it'll all be windows centric. It'll probably have a lot of proprietary stuff. It'll be the equivalent of windows in the cloud, right? Sort of proprietary APIs, proprietary SDKs, you know, for a certain kind of, you know, only in the windows ecosystem. And, and that's kind of gotten completely blown up with, with Satya Nadella. And I think we've, we've mentioned that a, a number of times. I mean, he's, he's really reshaping what they do. Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing with them is I, I think they're, they're following the Microsoft trend, which is, um, you know, for the most part, they're a fast follower. They're not necessarily, kind of the first with certain trends. So whether it's serverless or whether it's, you know, machine learning or, or you could argue like, Hey, they, they used to have machine learning, you know, way back in the day, but it never got marketed right. But, but they are a very fast follower for AWS. And, and I think the, the big trend that I hear in the marketplace is, 
you know, enterprises know them. Enterprises know Microsoft. They trust them. They have buying relationships with them. Um, and, and they're very much at least a number two in people's consideration. And I think a lot of people are, are at least large corporations, uh, mid-sized corporations are going to give them the benefit of the doubt first, um, more so than they might essentially AWS being a, almost like a new vendor on their, on their buying list. Yeah. And you, you bring up an, a, an amazing point there that, that needs to probably be talked about even a little further. And that is the buying relationships aspect of all of that, of, you know, both of us having worked for, for vendors or, or partners over the years, um, how things get sold into an enterprise. And, you know, let's be honest, that's where the, the vast majority of the money is, is right. in the enterprise. Um, Microsoft has, you know, relationships, they have account reps, they have client reps, they have SEs, they have all of these, you know, ways to get into enterprise accounts where they've already been doing business on-prem for years. And so, you know, at the end of the day, they have the most complete vision, if you will, or probably the the uh, the best ability to pull off an on-prem to public cloud vision with Azure Stack and, and this ability to bridge traditional IT and being this fast follower model as opposed to Amazon being out in front and it's you know public cloud or nothing and you're starting to see like so in aws like the green grass stuff was i actually got to see a demo of that um and that was really really cool the way they kind of did the on-prem stuff and so that you know you're starting to see them make some things there but they're doing it in their own way in the iot area specifically and and microsoft really taking this this traditional it and how do we make it fit into a public cloud world and the the number one way you have to do it is of course, you know, effectively containerize all of your IT operations. And that's what Azure Stack should be uh, when it's released. Um, and yeah, hopefully let, we'll get the guys back on the show to talk about it some more. But you have to standardize it before you can move it. Right, um, right. And, and so, but, but that again, going back to that, uh, if anybody has... Um, the ability to go tap the enterprise, uh, whether it's, you know, Google, AWS or Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft is is way ahead of the others uh, when it just comes to that ability to tap into enterprise uh, funds. Yeah, Let, let's let's talk about that a little bit um, in, in the context of. So if we put it in the context of. Uh, the the bulk of the money today. So let, let, let's put this in perspective, just just for dollars and cents. So let's say Amazon or AWS is going to do I don't know twelve billion, thirteen billion, something <clears throat> this year, and maybe it's fifteen billion. Who knows? But um, and and then eight, uh, and then Azure, at least the part that people can can break out is I don't know a couple of billion dollars. If I remember back to my Wikibon days when we used to try and break stuff out. So let's say just best case scenario, it's like 3 billion and, and, and AWS is 15 billion. And those numbers might be a little high, but let's say it's about five to one roughly um, in terms of revenue. E- even either one of those numbers is kind of, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it is in the bigger picture of, of the spend of enterprise IT pretty small, which is, you know, still a, I don't know, depending on the number you, you talk about 600 billion to, you know, a trillion dollars in, in typical IT spend a year. Right. So it, it so not it, even 1%. Yeah. It's small. It's still very small. And, and, and people will argue a couple percent. Yeah. People will argue like for every dollar that gets replaced in the cloud, it's $2 or $3, whatever. It's still not enormous. Right. So, you know, just putting that in a timeline perspective for people or dollars and cents. So, so the real context of, of the whole, 
thing for, say, somebody like Microsoft or AWS is, uh, you know, do I make investments just in the public cloud, um, you know, which is what AWS has done for a long time? Do I have to do some sort of on-prem, off-prem type of thing, which is where we're starting to see this happen? And and it's interesting to me. This is this is one place I would I would sort of argue that I think Microsoft is still not right. Um, is I'm not I'm personally not a huge fan of the of the Azure Stack approach. And and here's here's why. Um, I think the idea of saying you know everything that that isn't in Azure today, you'll be able to run in your own data center is. I, I will be very surprised if they can pull that off. And I've heard various. I've heard various comments. I know we've we've had the guys from Microsoft on before, and they've sort of said, "Yeah, well, maybe not everything, because maybe not everything sort of makes sense." Um, you know, we we sort of know people like Dell and HP are kind of building out these little, uh, you know, racks of equipment and stuff, which you know, eh, that's a dozen servers or two dozen servers or four servers or whatever. It's like, look, just the control plane alone, you're not going to get a whole lot of services on there. And the reason I bring this up is it's such a stark contrast. It, it is a very Windows-centric way of thinking about saying, like, put everything into a smaller form factor, but put it there. It's the equivalent of saying, like, put Windows onto a Windows phone and, and get the same experience. Whereas if you look at AWS, they're taking the very aws way of doing it, which is like, give me a minimum viable product, which is like uh, basically green grass, which is like a, a small snowball size footprint and one or two services. It's like S3 and Lambda, right, in a thing. And I'm going to go see if that if that fosters anything with people. And if it does, I can expand it and I can expand it. And if you and if you think about it, you go, well, on one end of the spectrum, they've got Snowball, and on the other end, they've got Snowmobile, but but they're only putting a couple services out there to see if people are going to are going to like them. And I I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch is do you have to take the approach of everything has to be the same on prem? Or can I take the approach of like, I'm going to give you a couple of services and kind of target a certain number of people on-prem to see if they like it. Um, I think that's going to be a huge thing over the next couple of years between those two in terms of saying who, who, who moves more workloads or who, who controls more workloads between on-prem and, and off-prem. Well, and you also have the <clears throat> probably the we haven't talked about them in a public cloud context, but it, in this instance, probably a spoiler to Microsoft. You have the the Dell EMC VMware uh, convergence, if you will. And if anybody is going to go build the equivalent of an Azure stack, um, it's it's potentially them. Right. And I have no knowledge of what's going on over there. I just kind of read the register and the headlines on Twitter and all right. of that. But it makes perfect sense that. You know, the 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 Cisco relationship and the VCE relationship is kind of going sour quickly um, over all of that, uh, at least according to the press. And <clears throat> then you have that coming up. And, and if anybody also has, uh, you know, their roots in the enterprise and in relationships in the, in the enterprise and could counter sell, if you will, against Azure stack, even though they'll 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 come out with some kind of product just in case it's going to be them. Yeah. Um, so they so Azure is really getting it from both sides. Um, they're getting it from the public cloud side, and they're getting it from the, the traditional converged infrastructure side. Yeah, and, and that's normal. I mean, they've they've always fought a, a multi sort of multi war, multi vendor battle. So I don't think they're unaccustomed to that. Um, you know, some some companies, the, the smaller startup companies, struggle when they 
they have to compete against multiple at the same time. I, I don't know that Microsoft will, st- I mean, and I say that I don't know that they'll struggle as much because they still have the office cash cow to, to sort of, you know, help them get through a lot of things. And, and from everything we can tell office 365, you know, and all the online stuff continues to, to grow and it's, it's still their biggest public cloud offering at this point. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with LinkedIn and what they can do with all that, that sort of interesting stuff from that acquisition. But, um, you know, that's, uh, the, the Azure thing. Yeah. I think, I think the Azure thing is, 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 it's funny. People look at now look at Azure as like, uh, the, the great hope for the enterprise as opposed to, you know, a decade ago when it was like, Oh, it's the, it's the great lock-in. I hope I can get away from Microsoft. Um, it's an interesting uh, transition that happens in IT over the decades and stuff. Um, so let's let's shift gears again. Uh, what what's you know we don't talk a lot about the Google Cloud on here. We do from time to time. Um, where do you see Google in all this stuff? Well, so here's the one big thing I'd say about them in summary: like if machine learning really ever takes over, they win hands down. Um, and also, um, of course, they've got Kubernetes kind of back in everything, and Kubernetes is is the new hotness. Um, and, and so, you know, if Azure has the super easy uh, on-prem to public cloud vision, uh, the Kubernetes uh, on-prem to public cloud vision could play out long term. Um, but yeah, again, you're fighting status quo of everyone rewriting their apps and, and everyone kind of doing things differently and thinking differently. And, and Kubernetes, depending on who you talk to, is either, you know, really, really easy to use and really awesome or really, really complex and really freaking hard. Um, <laughs> you yeah. get varying uh, you get varying opinions on, on, on Kubernetes. Um, but but the the biggest thing I would say, though, with them is um the Google Cloud was a GCP Next conference this year or in 2016. Was it back in March, maybe? And yep. didn't you go to yep. that, Brian? Yeah, I did. Um, and <clears throat> that was the first time it kind of hit my radar. Um, uh, I, and then I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool conference. And I, you know, they're announcing some ne- ne- neat things. And so for me, more than anything else, 2016 was the year where I actually really started to pay attention to them. And maybe it's just because I have maybe a bias towards Google of, um, I'm like, oh, they have a cloud. Well, they'll probably play with it a little bit and then they'll probably, you know, decide to kill it. And like, I just, (laughs) I just never really got over the, it just felt like another Google beta product. Um, but it, it feels like they're making a go of it. They're doing some really cool things there. They've got some pretty neat services that they've announced this year and if anything else you know they certainly have the money that they could fund it uh, at a loss for as long as it takes um to to become a player there um so they probably have a ton of potential and i'm paying attention to them but at the same time other than some kind of use cases and i actually listened to the gcp podcast um and they, they do some really amazing case studies on there as well but but it feels it definitely feels like AWS a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to like the level of services and the case studies, and it seems like who they're going after. Um, and, you know, as you, you, this, it's almost like a natural evolution of a public cloud company. You go from, uh, you know, minimum viable products, limited amount of services, going after the, the startup companies, basically competing with AWS in the old days. And then you kind of have to move into the revenue streams and you move from the startups into the, you know, eventually the enterprise. And in order to 
get to the enterprise, you have to have those big relationships. You have to have a lot of services. You have to have a big portfolio. Um, and quite frankly, you have to have cook time. You, you, the service has to be there and be reliable for a number of years before anyone will even consider it or trust it. And so uh, more than anything else, I would say this year was the was the year that they kind of came into their own of of being you know, in the level of uh, AWS and, and Azure. Yeah, it's it's uh, the Google Cloud is an interesting it's an interesting thing because um, on on one hand, if you if you look at people that benchmark things and you look at you know some of the just purely technology, it's like uh, they they have a uh, you know noticeably faster network. So so some of the things about getting data in and out of it should be less of a burden. So they have a better, faster network in terms of global. Um, they, they have uh, noticeably, uh, at least for people that benchmark it, like faster compute, um, you know, better, you know, type like, so like the, the network's better, the compute's better. Um, the pricing is really innovative in that it, it lowers itself the more you use it. So, you know, that concern about like, hey, it gets more expensive at scale, like I think becomes sort of less of an issue with Google. Um, so it's like, in theory, it's it's cheaper than some of the other ones, um, and and so you look at some of those things and you start to go like, huh, all those natural inclinations of how people buy stuff, like you know, somewhat better technology, faster, cheaper, like those really aren't playing out that well, right? And and you and you go, well, why is that? You know, why is that happening? And you kind of go, okay, well, let's look at the flip side of it. Um, Google doesn't market themselves very well. Uh, typically, um, they they don't really have anybody running it. I mean, Diane Green is now there from VMware, and and every storyline I ever read about Diane Green is you know everybody goes, hey, did you know that Diane Green used to run VMware? Did you know that she used to have enterprise chops? And and she's probably going to be able to figure out how to you know as a single person change the culture at Google. And you go, yeah, how often does that happen? Right, that that one individual is going to change the culture of something. Um, and and then I you know I, I think Google, but but on the flip side you know it's like you said it, it, if if the world you know or if a, a large chunk of companies say hey look things like machine learning things like AI things like those things are a big part of what we do in our business whether it's predicting pricing for markets whether it's predicting weather whether it's trying to to provide better customer service like you you almost wonder if if Google shouldn't not spend a whole lot of time talking about things like you know, VMs and storage and stuff, and just almost entirely focus on that thing that they're sort of unique and differentiated on, which is machine learning, lots and lots of data, you know, all the stuff that they do incredibly, incredibly well, and not try and fight at the lower levels with the Azures. And, and, and I don't know if you can do that. I, 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 you know, I don't know if the cloud is such a game that if you're in IaaS, you, or if you're, you know, if you're in higher level services, you also have to be in IaaS, or if you could skip that, if you were really good at the other stuff. And, um, I think that's the, that's the dilemma that Google has. And then, like you mentioned, they will, they will forever, at least with techies have the, is this thing in beta? Does it go away? Like Google reader kind of problem. And and I've talked to Google people about that, and they go, "That's a Google problem. That's not a Google Cloud problem. That's it's not our it's not our fault." And and you go, "You're all called Google, and it's unfortunate. And it is, and it is what and it is what it is. I mean, it's like you hate to sort of burden somebody with their past, but it's like you you've got to figure out a way to get over that. And you've talked about that, right? You've got to bake things in. And um, but I think that's that's Google's thing. Is I don't 
it's great technology. We've always known Google has great technology, but, but what is it and, and where do they want it to be? And I think that's their, that's their challenge to go figure out. Like we sort of know where AWS wants to be. We know where Azure generally wants to be. I don't think we really know where Google wants to be. And, yeah. uh, you know, you hear different opinions and we've heard, you know, we've tried to get Google people come on before and we may make that happen in 2017. But, um, you know, Diane's not, Diane Green is not a personality who loves to be in the spotlight. She's very good at what she does, but she's not like, I don't know who the face of Google cloud is. If you, if you put it that right. way. Right. Um, yep. and, and maybe yep. that they need that. Um, I don't know. So, um, so we sort of talked about the big three, uh, <laughs> we said, you know, we shouldn't be, uh, so focused on the infrastructure stuff, but yet we, we talked about the big three sort of infrastructure clouds, even though we, we talked about some of the higher level services. If, if you're somebody listening to the show and, uh, thankfully we, we've had a lot of new listeners this year, what are, what are the areas for you that, that you're seeing emerging in the public cloud in every form or any form that, that you think people need to sort of start paying attention to maybe more so than they have in the last few years? Well, the, probably the biggest thing that I've seen when it comes to, you know, what do we need to pay attention going forward is actually something as simple. It's not technology at all. It's the data sovereignty and the kind of the local politics of everything. Um, and it's more specifically around where does data get placed? Um, that seems to be, and that's why, you know, you see these AWS, uh, you know, regions, uh, just popping up all over the place and, and all these new, uh, availability zones. And, um, <clears throat> that it seems to be the number one thing because, you know, at, at a certain level, you know, there was this fear of security once upon a time, and that's pretty much a solved technology at this point. And there was this fear of cost and that's, you know, and I'd say still evolving, but, but certainly, um, uh, you know, there are solutions out there. Um, and so now it really comes down to simply, you know, am I allowed to store my data where I want to store my data? Um, that has been one of the biggest ones. And then, yeah, getting the data in and out, hence the, the snowmobile truck and some of these other things see, the companies are going to need to be creative going forward to, to get the data, but it's basically all about the data, um, going forward is the big trend that I'm seeing. Yeah, no, I think that's, it is sort of interesting, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up on 2017 and, and you think about, um, you know, just sort of some of the geopolitics in the world and, and, uh, you know, kind of having dealt with, you know, different countries in Europe and their, and their evolving standards and, and how they're a little bit different, even though you have the EU, but, but each country's a little different or aspects of Asia, you know, like everyone sort of goes, well, Asia, well, you know, China is very different than Russia is very different than Thailand and Australia. And like, I'm still a little bit surprised when you talk about footprint that like, there isn't a major, uh, AWS cloud presence or a Azure cloud in, most of the major, even European centers, right? Like they're in London, but like there's not necessarily one in Paris. There's not necessarily one in, I mean, they're like, sometimes there's one in Germany, but maybe it's not owned by them. There's not one in Spain. You know, there's, there's not one in, you know, mostly the Middle East at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's sort of surprising to me that, that we've gotten that far and given what people like Equinix can do and um, that there isn't, sort of global, you know, in-country presence, which is sort of interesting. Um, I I think, and and we don't cover this at all on the show. We do occasionally, Um, you know, data's the flip side of data of, of munging data, managing data, 
extracting information from data, I think, is the other big thing. You know, whether you call that machine learning, AI, data science, big data, um, you know, more and more, we, we haven't covered it as much because there wasn't as much sort of enterprise data in the cloud. I think we're seeing, we're going to see more and more that, that that becomes a thing, right? So it's, you know, it used to be follow the money. It's, it's going to become follow the data because follow the data will follow the money. Um, that's going to be an interesting uh, sort of trend to, to watch as well. Um, and then I think the third thing, it, it, you know, staying in this data theme, and we, we, we hit, we, I hinted on it at the beginning of the show, um, you know, you, you look at where some of these trends are going, like IoT or autonomous vehicles or, you know, whatever that is. Um, people are now starting to say, hey, well, what if the data doesn't get up into the public cloud? What if it stays in your vehicle? What if it stays in a in a sensor out on a streetlight somewhere or in a wind tower or, um, you know, th- that's going to make it interesting because you do have lots of the world where, uh, you know, the cellular data costs are extremely expensive. Data isn't, you know, Internet access isn't readily available or it's not fast enough. Um, you know, that's going to be another interesting sort of trend of like where where is the edge of the cloud? Is it is it a CDN network? Is it a vehicle? Is it, you know, wherever? Yeah. And to take it even one step further. So, you know, the other kind of big trend, if you will, that really kind of came to the forefront, it was the machine learning, but more specifically, the the voice machine learning through um, Siri, OK, Google and the A word. And the reason I'm not saying the A word is because my Echo <laughs> Dot is sitting on my desk and I don't want to wake her up. Yep. Um, <laughs> but but it's really fascinating how something as simple as that. So a lot of people, when they think think machine learning, they do think, you know, oh, big data warehousing and like the target story of, you know, uh, putting all the data in there and then doing targeting ads and some of these other things. But it is something as simple as, you know, getting your flash briefing or, or getting the weather and, and, you know, understanding accents and how people ask questions and the, the concept of just giving people the data they want and being able to just, you know, pick up your phone or just talk talk into the air that is just a huge trend going forward and and that one it seems to have been you know especially with with Amazon the Amazon products kind of coming into being this year and then you know the holiday season in 2016 was was definitely all about uh, those products in general yep. um that seems to be the big fight going forward and that's probably going to be a, you know a, a large topic on our prediction show yeah. uh, that we're going to do here in a couple of days yeah definitely it's uh, you're you're already hearing people say like that's that's becoming the new interface it's uh it'll be in your vehicle it'll be in your house it'll be you know and it's the one natural thing that everybody sort of possesses uh without without you know device or whatever um so you know we'll we'll sort of wrap this up because the show's going uh, quite long um you know as always we can't we can't cover every topic uh in a in a big space like this but uh, so 2016 uh, was a was a weird year you know we we lost some people we lost uh, a lot of, of artists we lost you know George Michael and David Bowie and Prince and some others but we we also lost some clouds um what, uh, <laughs> yes we did <laughs> to, to to me 2016 was the year that uh if if you were a hardware company and you thought you were going to be in the in the cloud business or like you were an IT infrastructure company and you had at some point had plans to be in the cloud business um those probably didn't end well especially this year uh yeah well and i would you know we'll go back to go back and listen to our simon wardley shows but simon simon wardley was right um it takes billions to play in this game and the big few already won 
And you'll notice too. So uh, you know, if we if we mention Oracle, if we mention VMware, if we mention HP, we mention Cisco. You know, they what have they all done? They've all tossed in the towel for, for the most part. I, maybe not Oracle, but all the rest of them have kind of tossed in the the towel when it comes to clouds. Um, the only one that wasn't, you know, remember a couple of years ago when when everyone was like a billion dollars. Uh, IBM's investing a billion dollars. Cisco is investing a billion dollars. IBM is the only one that hasn't publicly thrown in the towel, but you also, you know, notice we didn't talk about them in, in one of the big players. And so I think it's that them, they might always be a distant fourth, if you will. They might not, might not ever completely throw in the towel because the, they, if anybody has money to make a go of it, it's probably them. Um, but, but yes, from a public cloud perspective, this was the year all of the other vendors went, huh, we're a hardware company. Public cloud is really hard. Yeah. Um, well, and, and even, and, and even people like Rackspace who, you know, forever had owned their own facilities sort of said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to shift more of a focus towards, you know, fanatical service managing other people's basically, you know, where, where your resources run. So if they want to run on AWS, that's great. We'll manage that for you or, or Azure or something like that. So, um, yeah, it is, is it, it is interesting. The, the billion dollar comment was interesting because at the time the Cisco's and IBM's were saying, we're making a billion dollar investment. We were already saying it's a billion dollars a quarter for, for the Azure's and the, I mean, like the, the, the cost to play in the game at that point was a billion dollars a quarter. And they were talking about a billion dollars as sort of like their, their overall investment over a couple of years. And it was like, okay, you're, you're already, you're already way too far behind. And, um, you know, it is, it is interesting that Oracle keeps trying to make a play at this and they make a lot of announcements and then you don't hear anything about them for the rest of the year. And then Oracle open world will roll around again the next year and they'll say, Hey, we, we're, we're relevant again for a week and, and then they kind of go away. And, um, it is, it, for them, it is weird because of the, the massive cast cow that, that Oracle is and, and, uh, as, as competitive as they are, but they just, I, you know, I, I think they're doing well in SaaS and they just bought NetSuite and there's talk of them buying Pegasystems and, and some other things that, that plays to them being an application provider. It is still weird to me that they have this fascination with, with, uh, with Amazon and, and wanting to be in the, in the, in the IaaS business, which I don't quite understand, you know? Yeah, no, completely. Well, listen, man, um, let's, let's wrap this up a little bit. Uh, so we, like we said, um, this is going to be sort of our state of the public cloud. Um, it, where, what, what, what sort of grade would you give the public cloud as a whole at this point? And where do you expect it to be in, in 2017? I'd say, you know, I give it a, a, a B or, or, you know, an 80% right now um, in the fact that uh, probably a year ago I would have given a lot less because I felt like the execution wasn't quite there and the 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 market was still kind of muddy and still had a lot of players in it. But the the market itself has pretty well solidified into who are the players and, and how are they differentiating themselves. So I think that's really good. Um, but I do think there is still a number of challenges when it comes to a, how does an enterprise get up to speed? How does an enterprise potentially either run their apps or rewrite their apps? And so I think it really comes down to like the infrastructure is baked and the product set is is baked but the how does an enterprise execute on that vision to get there and also how do they do that in a cost-effective manner i think is the next big thing so and it's nice because when you think about it we've moved from a technology problem to a business operations problem 
Yeah. And yeah. so so I think that that is going to be the focus going forward. And, and again, it goes to like AWS announcing that big consulting thing and, and some of these others. Um, it's going to take services like that to to really be the next big step. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know exactly what grade to give it. Um you know, I mean, there, there's, I think there's parts of it that you'd say, Hey, you know, it's a, it's an A or close to an A, you know, like SaaS services are really easy to use and the UIs are pretty easy. And, uh, you know, you look at the portfolio of certain things like AWS and Azure and you're like, wow, they're pretty robust. But, but I think if, if I really kind of step back from it, it's like, it's, it's still complicated to price, um, which is normal for it. Like it was never easy to price, but like the public cloud hasn't necessarily made kind of long-term understanding the pricing a lot simpler. So I, I think there's a lot of work there. It's still difficult to to get an application into the cloud. And, I, you know, shit, we're, we're seven years into this thing. Uh, pardon my French. Um, you know, is that something that people should care about? Like, should we stop talking about moving things to the cloud? Or if that's, if, if moving things to the cloud is a reality, you know, I would give that a pretty low grade because um, it is very difficult to do and, and bandwidth is still a challenge and, you know, shifting architectures is a challenge. Um, you know, I, I think the future of, of, of where computing is going, obviously, I, I think th- there's no doubt that it's public cloud. I don't buy into the people who always go, yeah, but mainframe didn't go away. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure I can find somebody with a VCR laying around their house too. Or, uh, you know, I have a 1994 pickup truck sitting in my driveway, but that doesn't mean that the future of cars is going to be, you know, old pickup trucks just because they haven't gone away. Um, I, you know, I think we're both very bullish on it. I think what's, what's really ultimately interesting to me is um, this isn't a shift like you know, minis to PCs or PCs to mobile, because I think in that case, it was still, you know, you bought them in a certain way and you, you interact with them in a certain way. I I think the rules around public cloud are, are so different, like the game, the supply chain, what the ecosystem looks like is so different. Um, I, I still don't think people totally grasp what that is. And I, I think if you go back and listen to some of the Simon Wardley stuff, we used to always scratch our head and go, this guy's crazy. I don't quite understand it. Um, I think he got part of it, uh, but I, I still don't think people totally grasp how much change is going to happen. I think that'll be a big thing that the people need to sort of wrap their head around. Like, you know, put yourself in the position of saying like, hey, if everything went public cloud, whether you believe it or not, like, what would you do? And I think that's the big question to start to ask yourself in in 2017 is if if that shift happens faster than you expect, you know, where where will you where will you be and will you have made the right decisions and so forth? So anyways, with that long rant, uh, let's wrap it up for today. Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to do the predictions and uh, end of year wrap up show. And, and there's a whole bunch of announcements we're going to make around the show uh, tomorrow. Uh, I think we're going to do it tomorrow. Um, so anyways, folks, thanks for listening as always. Uh, thanks to everybody who's new to the show. Uh, thanks to everybody who tells a friend. Uh, by the way, um, it, we're still cool with you guys giving us reviews on iTunes, good or bad. Uh, still love feedback from everybody. And with that, uh, we are going to wrap it up and uh, everybody have a, a good, happy new year. And we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 